Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Entertainment Expansion. We're your host, Tyler Callahan and Mike Fronte. Mike, how you doing? Absolutely chilling, Tyler. I feel like I'm living in a different generation. Yeah, well, different generation, different year. That's a good year. When Edgar Wright releases a movie. Always good year when Edgar Wright brings Uh, something to the table. First one in, I believe, four years, right? Four or five years? No, three to four years. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, but yeah, we he came out. He's come out with uh, Last Night in Soho, a thriller slash horror film, depending on how you look at it. Sprinkle of horror, uh, definitely a lot different from his either comedy or action comedy films. This will be full of spoilers because honestly, we cannot talk about the film at all, uh, without spoilers. And I know we say this a lot, but for this film, that's actually true. Uh, there's a big mystery behind it. So, as the uh as the Edgar Wright fan here, well, the bigger of the two Edgar Wright fans, what do you think? Well, I enjoyed the film drastically, just because of how different Edgar Wright went with it, mm-hmm. and it still worked. I mean, he, he went he out did, there. He did. Um, you know, his sound mixing is still on point. His choice of music for the scenes on point, but also the editing in this movie. By God. This man, he's got an eye for shots. Yeah, cinematography on this point uh, was on point the entire movie. Sound mixing, obviously the sound mixing doesn't stand out as much as Baby Driver. Baby Driver, it was built for that film, ground up. Need an Oscar. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I understand. But still, it, it shines a bit here and there in this film. I thought the film was pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty. Exactly. Good. Yeah. No, just uh, when you hear when you hear me say that while, while you're listening to this podcast, just imagine that gif. You know, that's exactly how I think about it. Uh, it's not his best work. I'm going to come out and say it right there. Uh, we'll save our rankings to the end. Uh, yep. However, but for a first attempt to completely branch out to what he's been doing from what he's been doing, it's good. I thought the mystery was interesting. Uh, it kept me guessing until the end, up until basically right at the end. Uh, what's the main character's name? Uh, Eloise? Eloise? Yeah, Ellie. Yeah, when, when Ellie goes back and wants to grab her things, and the, uh, the landlady is there getting her tea. And just a quick glimpse of looking at the mail, you see the, uh, the lady in the Sandy's original name, or allegedly one of her names. Uh, you see it on a mail. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, shit. Everything just yeah. clicked for me. And Listen, uh, though. M. Yeah. Night Shyamalan better watch this and take some notes. That's oh. how you fucking do a twist. Yeah, M. M. Night Shyamalan. If you're, if you're watching this movie and somehow listening to this podcast, that's how you do a twist. You build up to the twist and it smacks people in the face. Now, Mike, I believe you caught on to it a little earlier than me, but... Well, on my second watch, I started looking up because, you know, Edgar Wright, you've got to watch this one more than once. This man right. pays such attention to detail and leaves you clues throughout every single f- one of his works. Not even that. Not just like what you see no visually. There's no line of dialogue or exactly. shot that you see in any of his films that are not important to the main story. You know, let's talk about another one of the twists. I, I always thought that old guy was Jack. Well, they frame it to be Jack. They frame it to be Jack 
Um, yeah, the way the way he smokes, the way he moves, the way he well, talks. See, see, hold on. If we're going to get into, before we get into that twist, because I actually do have an issue with that twist. Uh, the main yeah, twist of, of the landlady being Sandy. Loved it. Great. Shyamalan, that's how you do a twist right there. All right. You know, last episode, we talked about Venom 2. I have a script that's kind of shit. This is a script that Edgar Wright does that is so dense with information that you do need to rewatch it. Because after the twist, like you said, you rewatch it. You pick up at the beginning. Summer, there's going to be a weird smell coming out of the floors. Oh, I wonder why. Definitely not because of the dead bodies. You know, why yeah. ladies uh, screaming in the middle of the night? You know, uh, kind of, you know, why can't they uh, can't bring a guy back after 8 p.m.? Well, Sandy lives there and, you know, she got, you know, Jack was late. We're supposed to pick her up at eight. There's a bunch of things at the first 20, 30 minutes of the film that at the end all clicks. And yep. like you said, there's almost not a single line in this film that goes to waste. Almost every line has a purpose somewhere. Yeah. Every now, shot, everything. Even like when she was going through the newspaper clippings, when she was trying to find like dead women to find Sandy's actual name. Mm-hmm. Like reports of her being killed. The only things we ever saw were male disappearances. Like, I didn't pick up on that the first time. I was like, oh, wow, there's no, there's no women disappearances or, you know, nothing with Sandy. That's because that's the film builds you up to that. You're looking for women and you're looking for Sandy. Yeah, because Sandy mm-hmm. is presumed dead at a certain point in the film. Yes. And Edgar Wright kind of does a great job portraying that message. You like, as soon as you see like where her life is kind of taking her, how she's kind of being forced into prostitution, essentially, you always see it's not going to end up well. So her getting completely shithoused in all the different like nightclub scenes as she's, you know, trying to basically make herself not conscious for, you know, what she has to do with these men that she has zero interest in. And just it's disgusting, honestly, to the point where she's running through the back halls and there's, women doing heroin, other drugs. You, th- you think she's going to have a bad end. Well, j- just to quickly point out, uh, I respect Edgar Wright to just going down and dirty on how like people romanticize the previous decades. And while there are great parts about yeah. the previous decades, no one likes to talk about the real shady shit that was happening. Yeah. So I do like the, uh, the balance of Eloise, you know, being in love with the 60s, the time she was never in, but then with her dream, she gets to see how, how, oh yeah, no, there's some glitz and glamour, but then on other times there's a real messed up shit happening that no one likes to talk about. I mean, it still happens today, but just always something when people are nostalgia for a period. Are you really nostalgia for a period or for just a certain thing? Um, That's true. So that Jack twist, I did not like it. I did not. Yeah, I know, because there's one line of dialogue that I know you're going to bring up. And I'm going to fight you on it. I am. Well, you might have to remind me because I kind of forget. When we talked about this film prior, you said it was when Jack said, you know, I knew all the girls. You know, I, I like to think I looked after them and sometimes I had to keep them in line. Yes, yes. When the, the guy who we think is Jack during the entire film does yeah. the confrontation and he says that line, I'm like, okay, it, it's Jack, right? That's Jack, that's what Jack did in the 60s. We saw that happen. And then he goes out, gets his brain smashed in basically by a car, and everyone's freaking out. Also foreshadowed. Also foreshadowed. Where was that foreshadowed? Ellie. She almost got hit by a car, one of 
her interactions with Jack. And he said, Oh, well, yeah, yeah, no, when she ran away from him because he was being a creep. Yep. yep. Actually, was it the same car, too? I know it was a black taxi. I don't know if it's the exact yeah, same well, one. It's a thing with that. But anyway, it's like, uh, you know, people come out, they're freaking out, like, oh, he's a former cop, you know, on the vice squad back in the 60s, 70s. And it's like, and then it all clicks. What? Because my issue with this is okay, it's a twist, it's not Jack. And I understand that you're right, wants to have that twist. I get it. But the, he, he, unlike the Sandy twist, he didn't build this up at all. Because up until this point, we have one we only scene. saw his character once. Yep, we saw him once in the booth, and he wasn't even like mean to Sandy. I was trying to pay attention to like when she's when we see Sandy with men in her room. I don't see the cop, or at least it didn't stand out. So as far as the audience is concerned, she no, saw she him kill the cop. What do you mean? Listen, once Sandy snapped and killed Jack, she would have killed. She was killing every guy that came to her, essentially. Well, yeah, but like before that, when Ellie's having the visions of those people, or like even in the dream, we only see the cop once. So as far as we're concerned, he's not a major player. And then even then, when he's talking about you have to keep the women in line sometimes, like, what do you mean you're a cop? So see, the way I took that was, you know, he had to make sure that, you know, they weren't doing drugs out in public or doing their business in public. You know what I mean? Because that's part of the script that kind of falls apart. Like, because now it's not clear to me, was he working with Jack and he's undercover? Like he's undercover, but like his cover is that he's working with Jack to keep the women in line. If we had a quick scene of that, I didn't see him. It seemed like Jack was working with a bunch of people. Well, I mean, the one guy that stood out that I saw work with Jack was uh, the first night Sandy's there, made a big show of everything. And uh, Jack defends her honor, right? Wins her over. Guy he punches. Two dreams later, boom, they're chilling at the bar having drinks. Yep. Yeah. I saw I, that. I, cool. I saw that. It's like, oh, okay, so you don't really hate them. It's so you do what you got to do to get someone fresh. Okay. Yeah. Well, we never got that with the cop. So that's kind of my issue is uh, I, I understand he wants to twist and make sense. He, this is where it, it was underdeveloped. I, I mean, that's all there is to it. It's good for shock value, but when you think about it, it's just what the guy says yeah. doesn't make sense. Because that that kind of led into the second, the bigger twist where Jack's actually did. Yes, which I thought was a good twist. Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, the scene where that, that poor kid, man, that poor kid, finally gonna get lucky, and then she just goes and has a fucking breakdown, steps on glass. I felt bad for that kid the entire fucking movie. My God, yeah. I have not seen a guy just go just. Yeah. yeah definition of a simp though oh Absolutely. i finally get to help her out at the library and we're hanging out oh no i have to stop her from stabbing a, a student yeah. in, in the eye of a pair of fucking scissors hey Helly, you him, okay oh that you know your landlord killed stabbed me <laughs> said, oh yeah I'm, I'm here to call on ellie yeah go ahead come on in pretty sure it was after eight so he should have took that as a red flag right away hey he's a yeah. simp he's not thinking straight no he he, he wasn't because, you know, he, he basically gets her out of basically being arrested for who knows what, considering almost stabbing someone in the face with a pair of fucking scissors, and then goes running to her job after her. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I'll drive you to the countryside. No problem. Yeah. 
Whatever. I like how he's running around trying to find her. It's like, you could have just gone to your car and drove around. It would be yeah, faster to cover more ground. That's a really good point. Because she, she booked that at that library and went down a few blocks. Definitely did. Look, you, you bring up stab, stab, stabbing the students. Like, uh, I mean, that she, one student may have deserved it. I mean, that one student did, did deserve it. Uh, but I do like, at times, like how you said, there's horror elements. There's also like psychological elements. And the one that stands out for me is that makes you think is did that bitch spike the drinks? Yeah. Because Edgar Wright points, like, he focuses on the drinks first. They drink them. And when she goes to the cops and they ask her, she, you have, she has the flashback to the drinks. But she that st- says she doesn't. But I'm curious because it's only after the drink that things get real, real bad where she's seeing them in, like, in, while she's awake. So is it because it was well, always going to get that bad? Or was it because the drink made it worse? It's possible the drink made it worse, but also I'm kind of going back into because she was entering that realm through through dreams, right? Yes. That's also never really explained, but hey, fuck it. Who cares? Um, I was kind of fine with it because they just said straight up at the beginning of the film, she can see people. Like, she has a special ability. Fine. You, you explained it to me. All right. I'll just roll with it. So I, I guess the way I thought of it was, you know, because she was kind of forcing herself not to sleep again. Because she doesn't want to go back, and you, know, you think it was just an exhaustion that was pushing it. I think it was micro sleeping. You know, when you're so sleep deprived, you kind of enter these micro sleeps, kind of what the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street brought into the franchise, and then just kind of did nothing with it. Like it it's could, a, it could. It's a very real element because that would explain why she's having these lapses, well, like from Dream World into hers. Well, that kind of brings into my my one other main negative about the film is there's no rules to these ghosts and it kind of bugged no. me there ain't the, the, the beginning of the first half of the movie it was fine it's simple it's anything can happen if it's in the dream it plays out you wake up you're good then after the club scene well, it's not like really well because even when uh, there's also another thing about the dreams too sandy she Ellie was Sandy in yes. the first dream. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. She even had the hickey from Jack. Oh, yeah. Actually, so, yeah, I, mean, I forgot about that. Yeah, that bring, actually furthers my point, too. How does that count? You can like, bring... So it's kind of like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, but then, like, okay, so the dream happens fine, but then stuff that All happens in the dream... A passenger and not her. Yeah, but then, like, you have other stuff, like, okay, so when Ellie is not Sandy... Like when uh, when she meets the cop, right? She bangs on the glass and she breaks through the glass and then pulls her out. It's like, well, clearly that didn't happen in real life. That didn't happen in the 60s. So what actually happened? Yeah. Um, but then after the club, it's like the ghosts start appearing more and more while she's awake. Then they touch her and she feels it. But then it's like, it's like, I understand he want Edgar Wright wanted to make the film progressively like you got to get somewhere right it's got to get worse for her yeah but they never set up the rules as to where it could go it's just like well now this is happening because blah 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 yeah like um, i would be fine with your micro sleep theory if that if was mentioned if they explained it like if they showed her physically get more exhausted exhausted and they showed her trying 
like if they showed her experiencing microsleep more or specifically say it, then I can go along with it. But the club scene, yeah, she well, seemed fine. She didn't I seem mean, that tired. I got to be honest. Well, that's because it was right after the club scene. So it was the club. She said she didn't want to fall asleep. The kid said he'll keep her up. They start doing their business. She had okay, that how about, fucking how about the library with the ghosts? Yeah, but that was like the next day, wasn't it? Uh, she was awake was like, in the bathtub. It was that like the, that was like the next night or some shit because she goes to, you know, her class next day. Guarantee you she didn't sleep because how do you sleep when you think, you know, you just watch someone get stabbed? Well, no, out. they show that. They show when it progressed to daytime, the camera pans over from the bed to the to, to the bathtub. She's just there sitting yeah. awake. So she didn't fall asleep that entire day. She, you know, has that little micro nap in class where she sees, you know, bloody Sandy runs out, leaves her stuff, goes to the cops. Then she goes. And everything progresses to, into that night, which is the third act. Correct. Okay. So she's kind of been awake for an extended period of time. That's why I'm saying it's, it's in my mind, it makes sense with the micro sleeping. You actually, you make a good point. You make a good point on that. But, I, but see, I, that's something I but think you the audience did. You have to know what micro-sleeping is and be familiar with it. Yeah. Because I guarantee you the average person yeah, in the audience micro-sleep no is not a common room. term. So someone watching oh. this, they're going to assume she slept a little bit at some point. Yeah. And yeah. Like your theory makes sense and it does fit in with the film well. The fact that, all right, if she hasn't slept in a day, day and a half, that they're going to get worse. That is something he should have explained in the film a little clearer. It doesn't have to be like someone dropping exposition dump, breaking it down, but kind of something. Like off the top of my head, the grandmother, when she called the grandmother and she knows something was wrong, she could have explained then, is this your micro sleep again? Is it happening again? Like just something like that. Maybe when she first started seeing her mother, she had issues yeah. and there was micro sleep, but there's nothing. Yeah, but then again, you know, how you uh, that's kind of that just wouldn't sound right, you know what I mean? Because yeah. up until this point, it seems like this girl's had no problem sleeping with sleep because she could see her mom, yes, but it was more a comfort thing than, yeah, no, it was comfort, it wasn't scary. So I don't think, and even in the beginning. She couldn't wait to go back to bed and she passed out instantly. So she'd get back to the dream world. It didn't start happening until bad shit started happening with Sandy. That's when she started not sleeping. So it, I don't think this is like a reoccurring thing where she has issues with micro sleeping and, you know, staying awake for days on end. I think no, that's but more I, I do wonder since her grandma knows about the ability, I wonder if there was ever a bad time. Yeah, I don't know. Like they make it clearly where she knows it, and she knows she can see the mother. Uh, yeah, I, but at this point now we're just rewriting parts of the script. Pretty much. Yeah. One one thing I will say, Edgar Wright really loves excess blood effects. Yeah, with stab at the end. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, World's End, not so much because it was all blue blood. Uh, I don't remember it too much in Baby Driver because that was a little bit more of a grounded movie. But you uh, know. What, what about when Jamie Foxx got uh, 
got stabbed with a like metal pole. It was a little bloody, but not like out of yeah like, so much. Yeah, I don't think it was as much as a single knife wound <laughs> for, from that poor synth. That poor synth. Yeah, no, because it just kind of gushed out of him, like the minute he got stabbed. Yeah, no, not that, even that... like not even on the retraction of the blade. It was like when it went in just everywhere. Because of course, when you stab someone, that's exactly what happens. So, yeah, but that leads me to another scene that I thought was kind of awesome. The Once again, the micro-sleeping. Ellie backing up from the stairs from old Sandy slash young Sandy going back and forth, swiping at her with a knife. It was a little bit more, you know, uh, it's obviously more stylized because, you know, if she was really going to try and stab her, she would not have been doing, you know, slicing and stabbing motions like she was doing mm-hmm. but it made for a really cool looking scene yeah and that's why you're right it does best you're goddamn right bud all right well it's a yes from me forgetting the recommendations uh it's a great watch we did say it has horror elements the horror elements are pretty light you know you know me yeah i'm not a big horror guy i wasn't really scared at all no it's not I a scary mean, movie that's why uh, I said it. It was like a sprinkle of horror elements. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go ahead and call this a horror movie, which I think I would. I'm called a thriller. Studio. Yeah. That's what the studio was having trouble with on how to market it. Come on, Universal, get your shit together. It, they should have just marketed it as a thriller. It's like fuck. It. Like I don't know why they were trying to. Because when it first came out, they said he was doing a full-blown horror movie. Which, but that's just not. It, yeah, that's not not the case. It's not the case. It's a thriller with some horror elements. That's it. That's how you should advertise it. Would have worked better in the long run. It's a shame this movie really didn't get recognition in the box office because it is a fantastic movie. But yeah, you know what? I won't recommend watching this movie. No, I'm just fucking kidding. You, you guys need to see this fucking thing. This thing okay, good. Awesome. I was going to ask you, can you just repeat what you just said? <laughs> yeah, no, this, this movie's great. But Tyler, let me ask you this. Where would you put this in all of Edgar Wright's filmography? Hmm. Well, when I first thought about this, it was a little tough, but uh, then I thought about it for about 90 seconds, and uh, I was good. So, last place, not a shot, because we, I believe we did a ranking from him last year for our director discussion. Uh, last place, Scott Pilgrim. Uh, yeah. Right after good. that, I would say, I'm going to say Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Then I am going to put in Last Night in Soho. Oof. Uh, Baby Driver will be in third place. Uh, the World's End, second, close second. First place for me still is Hot Fuzz. Oof. Oof. You sound hurt with that list. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, right, well, mine hey, is this is not similar. my fault. He makes too many good movies. All right, you go tell him to make worse movies. Make the list easy for me. None of these movies are bad, by the way. This no. is probably one of the hardest rankings we've ever came up with. You know, if you tell us we got to rank Fast and Furious movies, that that will be easy. All of them are bad, except for the first one and fifth. But anyway, I digress. So yeah, last place is definitely going to be Scott Pilgrim, followed by Shaun of the Dead. So like yours. But 
I think I'm going to put Soho above Baby Driver. Okay. Just because of how different it was. Yes, with Baby Driver, the sound mixing was fucking phenomenal. But I think visually, this was a little bit more of a masterpiece. And for doing something completely brand new, I got to give them a lot of credit for. It's a fair point. Um, then I'm going to do Hot Fuzz, followed by, or finally, The World's End. Because I enjoy The World's End the most out of the Cornetto trilogy. Solely because of the fucking writing. The writing in that is just pure gold. I, I still watch it randomly and I'll still find jokes that I never saw before or, you know, saw the first couple of viewings. So that that's always a soft spot for me. Yeah, The World's End, uh, commonly the least respected out of Cornado Trilogy, but yeah, it's one of the better. It's one of the best. It really is. Once again, I'm uh, disclaiming. None of these are bad movies. If you haven't seen any of these films, you need to watch them. You can skip out on Scott Pilgrim if you'd like. I'll allow it. But you need to see the rest. That being said, that's enough about what we thought of last night in Soho. We want to know your thoughts. Are you planning on watching it? Did you watch already? What did you like? What didn't you like? As always... Feel free to let us know at Entertainment Expansion. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And while you're at it, why don't you guys give us your ranking of Edgar Wright's films? As always, thank you for listening.